Welcome to your business education station. This is Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Our mission is to educate women and people of color about the financial and legal aspects of business, personal finance, and changing your money mindset to create financial freedom. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Florence Seiler, CPA, and Attorney Althea DeVar-Johnson. Well, good morning, good morning, Mind Your Business Radio listeners. How are you doing this morning? And I'm here with my co-host, Althea DeBar-Johnson. Hey, Althea. Good morning. This is the last show for 2015. Ah, That is crazy. That is crazy. Well, we are here with a bunch of friends. Those of you all who know us know that we are very devalicious. And so we are are devalicious. All right. (laughs) And so... We are here in the hair salon. All right. We are are broadcasting live from Hair Is Is She. She. Exclusive salon studio located in Grand Park. All right. And that was, that was, that was master stylist Portia Smith. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. And she invited us in her shop and she is working on her client and her client's hair is so fabulous. You guys, Mm -hmm. I just wish we were live streaming so you could see how fabulous she was. And so all of us are here. Uh, we have our intern here, Leah. Say hi, Leah. Hi. <laughs> we have one of we have two of our favorite uh, entrepreneurs that are here. We have Pamela Harris. Hello everyone. And we have Kathy Jordan with K Joe and Company. Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning. So, we are here today in the salon because you do realize that all the world's problems are solved in the beauty shop right. and also the barber shop. <laughs> you do realize That's this, right. right? So, if we could just just elect a candidate that hangs out in the barbershop, I think I would trust his politics because I know he would have all the world's problems solved if he would just listen to what we're talking about in the barbershop and the beauty shop, right? right. That's right. That's right. So, oh, yeah. so today, guys, today is the fourth day of Kwanzaa. It is the day of Ujama. Ujama. Cooperative economics, or some people say also collective economics. And so, Althea, what is this whole Ujama thing about? What is this? What is this Kwanzaa Day about? This Kwanzaa Day is about to build our own businesses, control the economics of our own community, and to share in all of its work and wealth. So, this is about cooperative economics, collective economics, and how it affects our community and the community at large. Okay. So, so okay. Ladies, this is what I want to know. We've been asking, we've been asking for, and don't worry about the noise because we're in a beauty shop. So we, you know, we're okay. We got to let Portia do her thing. You know, she's going to have people walking in and out. So that's fine. But this is, this is what I want to know. We, we here at Mind Your Business Radio, we have been asking, we have been putting out a call to action, asking people to like on Facebook. We have been asking people to support black businesses all during the holiday and all types of things. And so I want to know, guys, in what ways, I know you guys participated, so in what ways did you all support our community this Christmas, this year, this holiday season? You all you all have some ideas or some pointers you want to point out? What did you That's do, Pam? interesting you mentioned that. My cousin is a big proponent of supporting black-owned businesses. So I knew that was the gift to get her, is to make sure that the gift that I purchased for her, for her came from a black-owned business. So I went to the Green Bar Mall and got her a gift certificate from a new bookstore. 
Because what's the name of it? Madhu. Oh, Madhu Bookstore. Okay. No, I have Greenbrier Mall. Madhu Bookstore. Okay. And then there's another uh, little small shop in Greenbrier that's uh, called Tinga Tinga. Oh, okay. And so we got her daughter a purse from there. So all right. What type of shop is Tinga Tinga? Uh, that's funny. I asked what Tinga Tinga meant, and she told me what that meant. It's some. But it's like a gift store. It's a it's a kiosk in the middle of the mall oh, okay. where um they sell all kind of little trinkets and uh-huh. things like that. But yeah, so that's what I did. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I wanted to bring up too is Pam turned me on to this Ujama box. Oh. Okay, so this Ujama box is on the internet, and basically, um, I saw on TV where they had these subscriptions where you can get all these samples and things like that. But this one is particularly a box of samples from Black-owned businesses. So Black-owned businesses can send their samples into Ujama Box, and then Ujama, if you sign up for a subscription, every month you get a box of samples from Black-owned businesses. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. So really I thought that, that was really pretty cool. The same cousin I was telling you about, she showed me that box. Okay, so really, she she, she, she a has a subscription. Yep, she gets a box every month and. In the last box that she had, it had a piece of jewelry, a piece of artwork, some earrings, and maybe like a, uh, I think it was a brownie, some some kind of food item. Oh, and cool. all of them were black-owned businesses that gave their items to the company, and then they ship out the boxes to everybody who has a, a subscription to them. So. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I know this year I, uh, you know, because we are part of YSB Toastmasters, uh, when we had our little jingle jamboree that that uh, Kathy Jordan hosted for us. We had our Jingle Jamboree, and um, everybody was uh, encouraged to bring their products to the Jingle Jamboree. And so I went down the line and just bought (laughs) bought products from our... Yeah, and I gave those... For some of those it. for Christmas gifts, and yeah, so some of those good. things were pretty good. So some of the authors, um, uh, like Tina Greer and Dr. Rachel Elahi, they had mm, their books there, right. and they signed their books uh, for for whoever I was giving it to, and it, that was that was pretty cool. And oh, and Tanya Bryant, oh, shout out to her. She had yeah. yes, yeah. I bought and, and I lovely. brought out all her samples. So I, I, I actually have one just lovely today. Oh, okay, I have I have one. <laughs> Thank you very much. I have on just lovely lipstick. It is the ruby, the one that she named after her mom. Yeah, so oh. this is the ruby red. Oh, the and so just yes, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, I have. And of course, my hair, my hair is uh, it has you know, I have a new stylist, of course. Uh, you know, Portia Smith is my stylist, and so I have a new stylist now. So I have you know, I have fabulous hair, and I also have fabulous <laughs> lipstick. So I appreciate you guys, you know, um, looking out and acknowledging how fabulous I look today. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. So. Fabulous Portia. Okay, so anyway, Kathy, what did you do for the holidays to try to to try to promote? Because I know you're big with it, you know. Yes, I'm all for supporting Black businesses, and I also participated in the YSB Toastmasters and supported those who brought product, and I went down the line as well. But in addition to that, I, I took a trip over to Cumberland Mall. Mm, okay, and there are several, uh, whether there is a kiosk or a, an actual uh, physical store and my favorite physical store and he's going to get mad at me because I can't even tell you the name. I've been going up for years. <laughs> but it's, it's really, it's, it's, is it a, is it a kiosk yeah, or is it a no, store? No, it's an actual store. Okay. okay. Go up the escalators. Yes. I'll sit in and see. <laughs> <laughs> so they have African art. There's yeah. The art the, you took uh, me there once because yes. Tuffy and I, when Tuffy came. Yeah. yeah you took me I've there. I've been going up for years but I can never tell you that. But let me tell you, I bought, they, um, 
do hand handmade and carved and everything. Uh, copper jewelry and copper is good oh, for yeah. our, our health. Oh, and so okay. I, I bought some of that for for gifts and also as well as for myself. Yes, and <laughs> also they have the best essential oils. And my favorite is Black Woman Woman. So you can he's gonna he's gonna get mad at me because I always add the woman. So I started buying it. So you it had, you when I first started buying it, it had Black Woman Woman, and I always thought it's like you no, it's a Black Woman. No, but you can make a mistake. That meant that it was for the women, and they have some for men. But I'm oh, like, no, I want black So what you woman. emphasize, the woman, woman. <laughs> right. And that's how I order it. Yeah, so, right. yeah. Come on in. Woman. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. So that's that's right. another way I supported um, black business. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Look that cool. Up, up yes. the escalator, down opposite oh, side of Sears. Yes. All right. Okay. So 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 we we got new people coming into the beauty shop while we're broadcasting and everything. Feel free to come on in and join join the party. Now, um, do you want to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes. Okay. Who are you? Kenethia Henderson. Kenethia, right, welcome, Kenethia. <laughs> this is Mind Your Business Radio. Okay. Yes, and we are we are broadcasting live from Hair and She, mm-hmm. Portia Smith. All right. All right. So Portia's a little a little quiet right now because she's concentrating on doing oh. a fabulous. Uh huh. What you say? I said I would love to join the conversation. <laughs> okay. I work and talk very well. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so, question: What did you do this season? How did you? Did you? Were you conscious of it, or did are you? Because you're a very conscious person. Were you conscious to do something this this season to kind of promote it, or or what was your thought process? Um, I didn't exactly think about promoting black businesses, and I'll definitely be mindful of including right. that into my new year goals for next year. Uh-huh. But I did um, lightweight participate in the whole concept of Black Lives Matter and consumeristically oh, yeah. participating. Right. So that being said, I did not purchase anything whatsoever for my children, a loved one, a family member. I like that. And that's mainly to help sustain my own personal desire of financial stability and literacy. Yes. I want to pay my rent on time January 1. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I have three children that suck me dry all year. So for Christmas to be about them, as some people say, Christmas is about the kids. Christmas is about Jesus Christ. Okay. We've been brainwashed to assume that, oh, well, they got to at least get little Tommy something. But that's not necessarily true. I love it. And Mm -hmm. um, this year I just decided not to participate. Not to say that I haven't participated in years before. Right. My children have had the gifts galore and all of that stuff, and I end up throwing it away halfway through the year, or they run out of batteries, and I'm just kind of irritated at stuff. Yes, and yes. And things that we get and we try to maintain with each and for each other, and we're all broke. Yeah, yeah. At the yeah. end of the day, you broke, and you, you did it in the name of God or the season, and it's a lie. Right, you right. You did it because you were peer pressured into society's mm-hmm, view mm-hmm, of what mm-hmm, the season mm-hmm. is about. And unless you're in philanthropist mode, like your cup is overflowing, yes. you should not be trying to buy somebody a candle that they're not going to burn. Okay, so okay. That's my opinion. Yeah, no, that's um, good because that that kind of fits right in with the whole the whole motive of of mind your business radio because we yes. want our we want our listeners to be financial health financially healthy yes. and so we talk about changing your mindset. So yes. here's the thing, guys: if you don't have the foundation of all of your other finances 
uh, in order as far as being able to pay your responsibilities. What is the point of participating, right, right in, yeah. in, in the commercial part of the holiday? You shouldn't participate, right? Yeah, because really right. the best Christmas gift you could give your, your children is a roof. <laughs> over their head right. and then without I, complaining about it without complaining about it and to know that you are going to eat you know mama's going to make yeah. sure that you have what you need and that you are and not the, ramen yeah. noodles right right picture on facebook where they said this is there's a picture of the kitchen in the house and all and they said this is your gift so you see a present on the sink a bowl on the toilet a bowl on the, on the already tv it's like this, these are your gifts right you right know, you've been right receiving on. all year yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think also that was the reason why we started off um, the December talking about Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is an alternative to celebrating Christmas when you're thinking about those conscious things, conscious things, um, conscious giving, um, conscious um, unity, Mm -hmm. equality, friendship, community. Those kinds of issues, Mm -hmm. those kinds of gifts. Right. um, That should last. Throughout the year, absolutely. So that's absolutely. why we're talking about Kwanzaa, or we talked about Kwanzaa, and we are focusing on cooperative economics. Right, right. That's right. And cooperative economics is that—that's that fourth day, Ujama, and all that is is to try to bring to your consciousness the fact that you have to support your community. Okay. Um, and here's the thing that we talked about before, and we're gonna we're gonna take a short break after this. But what we talked about before was the fact that we have to be conscious that every other culture comes to this country and they already have engrafted in their mind that they have to support each other, okay? And so we have to, we have to be very, very conscious of supporting our own communities, supporting our own communities. If you're going to spend money, be very conscious of supporting, uh, of spending that money uh, in your community so that we can collectively be stronger, okay? Well, we'll take a little break here, and um, we'll be right back. All right. Our sponsors got the next couple of minutes. All right. <laughs> Busyfolk.com is the dry cleaning pickup and drop-off service for busy people like you. BusyFolk.com saves you tons of time. They can pick up and deliver to your job or your home. You decide. No more fighting traffic trying to pick up the kids and the dry cleaning before going home. One less trip means less money spent on gas. And we all know that time is money, right? They also offer wash and fold laundry service and work hard to make sure that their customers know that their satisfaction is their main priority. Plus, business owners love them because they offer pickup and delivery uniform cleaning. They also handle bulk cleaning of tablecloths, napkins, and any other business dry cleaning needs. BusyFolk.com is only a click away. Find them by typing BusyFolk.com into your computer or smartphone. They currently pick up and deliver in the Atlanta area, serving Fulton, DeKalb, and Cobb counties. Visit BusyFolk.com to register for an account or to learn more. That's BusyFolk.com. You can file your own taxes. It's simple. Just click MyOwnTaxReturn.com. But if filing your own taxes is not for you, they've got you covered. Just click MyOwnTaxReturn.com to reach a real CPA. 
Most advice is free. Or you can hire a CPA if you're still convinced that tax preparation is just not for you. And they have tax tips that you can use for the upcoming tax season. It's all right here on MyOwnTaxReturn.com. That's MyOwnTaxReturn.com. You're listening to Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar-Johnson. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. Okay. So, we, you know, Portia has some interesting things to say uh, during the break. We were talking about she was, she was very conscious this year about Black Lives Matter. And so we were kind of talking about, and, and Pam brought up the fact that there are, not only do we need to think about um, supporting one another, but we also need to think about not supporting some of the businesses that uh, victimize our neighborhoods and mm-hmm. some of the businesses that that don't res- don't respect our neighborhoods. Uh, Pam, what were you saying? And you guys, you know, join in if you've had those experiences. Yeah, so, what so were you saying? there was an article that I read, and I forget exactly. I think it was Dallas, but I know it was in Texas, where there was a a gas station that the owner of this gas station was extremely abusive to the people in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And they constructively came together. I think maybe the Nation of Islam even led it, I believe. But it wasn't about religion. It was about everybody coming together and saying, hey, we are putting this business out of business mm-hmm. because you're not going to keep tormenting and abusing the people who are paying your bills to be mm-hmm. here. Okay. And so it took time. But after mm-hmm. a while, with nobody coming to that business, and I mean, they constructively put a plan together. They were out there continuously protesting in front of the business. Wow. They, uh, when people, people were scared to go shop there. They were like, I'm not shopping here. I'm not even going to come here because you are, you've been habitually abusing everybody in the neighborhood. And after a year and a half, this man was put out of business and the community came and bought that gas mm-hmm. station. Wow. They came back and bought the gas station. So they're now the owners. Nice. That's the gas nice. Station. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's nice. I, I got cooperative economics. <laughs> Build our own businesses, control the economics of our community, and to share in its all its works and wealth. You know, Althea. Now, what man? Wouldn't that be awesome if we were able to put together a movement that helped put check cashing places out of business in our neighborhoods, title loan places out of business? In our neighborhood, I would I would just love that. I, I, I would too. And you I know, think, if, if if we if we start a movement like that, I wouldn't need to sleep. I, I I'm in that. <laughs> I, I, I figure out a way to put that in my schedule. That's you know, if I could get rid of title loans and check cashing places, I, I'll be ha- I'll be a happy camper. That boils back down to financial literacy. Yes, you know, there are so many nonprofit or, uh, organizations such as Operation Hope. Uh huh. Right? Yes, and that's all they do. Financial literacy. Yes. They actually have an open side of a box program for schools. Mm-hmm. And uh, banks like SunTrust are mm-hmm. participating. Right. Financial literacy is it. People mm-hmm. have to feel like they can participate in the capitalistic system. Yes. Without a title loan. Yeah. And without going to the check cash yep. place. They just yep. need to know that banks are really their friends. And yep. not someone who doesn't want to be bothered with their broke selves. Well, I had, look, I had a family member in New Orleans tell me point blank, she doesn't trust the banks. And I'm like, what? What, what don't you trust? What, what is it? I would rather trust the bank than under my mattress. I mean, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand that mentality. It, It comes from, again, what Portia said, the lack of education, the lack of financial education. But here's the point that we always talk about, Althea. 
We're out here trying very hard to educate our community. We do live seminars. We're on the radio trying to educate the community. We're not charging you to tune into this broadcast. We're not charging you to come to most of the seminars that we do in the community. Mm -hmm. Portia, you think it would be standing room only. It's not standing room only. Mm -hmm. So here's here's what our call to action is in 2016. We realize that we have to work on people's mindset. Okay, mindset. And you and I had that conversation when I was here a couple of days ago. A lot of issue is mindset. A lot of it is a mindset. And so the biggest the biggest challenge for those who want to educate, right, is to try to work on the mindset, to change a mindset. And that is a little bit more that is a lot more challenging than just putting on a seminar or being on the radio. And but that's I what think, we find. I think that we have mm-hmm. to learn to take small steps. Yes. But you mm-hmm. have to take a step. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, focusing on maybe buying during this holiday season from black businesses or supporting black businesses mm-hmm. is a step. And once you start feeling the effects of that and mm-hmm. feeling good about the fact that mm-hmm. I participated I did what um, Portia is saying here. Mm-hmm. I'm supporting um, Black uh, Lives Matter by no. focusing on our community and in our businesses. Mm-hmm. I think that that is a first step in making other steps mm-hmm. and putting our mindset towards doing better financially. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. So it's just those small steps. Now, for me, I didn't support any, necessarily supported any black businesses during the holiday. Because for years, what I do and have done for all the children in my family, because that's all we focus on, mm-hmm. the children, are buying savings bonds, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. taking that money that we're going to buy in gifts mm-hmm. and investing and starting an investment fund for mm-hmm. those children. So those, like our children in our family mm-hmm. have had investment funds yes. for years there you go. Yes. that everyone in mm-hmm. the family contribute to. Yes. So when they return 18 or they get... Um, uh, get out of college, they would have a nest egg. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. But here's the thing, Althea, even though you might say that you didn't uh, um, directly purchase, uh, purchase from a black business, you actually did support black business when you purchased from a, a, a black investment advisor. So if you, if you are, if you are giving investments for the season, right, if you can at least uh, search out uh, 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 someone of color who, or woman or someone of color who is who is an investment advisor or who sells particular products, then you are able to support that person because that person will, of course, make commissions and do certain things. And so that's absolutely that's true. A, so there's another way, you know. There's another, another way, way of doing it, even if you don't go out and actually buy a, a tangible, you know, some tangible something from the store. Supporting services. Exactly. Yeah. Support the services. Support mm-hmm. the services. So that's that's really cool. Okay, so let me, let me also mention... Um, when we talked about why, why don't we as black folks support black folks? Okay, so why, why is it because? Yeah, from a business personally, like from person to person. Well, I'm just talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about black. Yeah, I'm just talking about from right now. I'm talking about from okay. a black business. Well, Black watched, business standpoint. I watched this documentary that outlined one of the reasons why, and it's because we're just not there. Mm-hmm. We don't have businesses in our own community. Okay. Um, and outside of a restaurant, most of us haven't really expanded beyond serving food. 
Okay. Um, naturally, we were always put in the place of a kitchen for service. Okay. So um, we're around, but, you know, not really. So okay. So we need more black grocery stores, not convenience stores. We mm-hmm. need more, um, even if it is going to be a liquor store in the neighborhood, which is tons in the black community, it right. needs to be black owned. Okay. You know, okay. Um, what's another thing that, um, um I was trying to think, there's a couple of businesses that are, like, necessary. But grocery stores are one of them because most black communities have food deserts. Right. There are no real grocery stores right. within a two- to three-mile radius. Not and the ones that have the decent food for the decent prices. Right. right. We ain't talking about them. Yeah, right, right. So, like, I think just making sure that we petition together to get quality businesses in our area, that will make a difference because right now, we still have the big brothers such as Walmart and Target. Mm-hmm. They kind of wiped out that mom and pop aspect that would right. allow yeah. us to participate in having stores that people can go and purchase everyday goods from. Uh huh. So um, we kind of need to go back to that. I mean, we really need to go back to a Black Wall Street status. Get some like, right. You know, uh, set up shop. You know, it could be shopping mall style. I mean, but all the businesses are black, and therefore it'll be a staple in the community where everyone's chained together mm-hmm. with businesses that everyone can benefit from on a daily basis. Okay. So, um, but when I'm but, talking about small, I'm saying that we can start small, and I agree with you 100% for Oh, and then um, online economics. Like, yeah. uh-huh. we have to play a part in the online shopping market. Yeah, but yeah. That'll probably be our more beneficial avenue mm-hmm. than, you know, yeah. the millennium. Okay. But there's no need for, to me, there isn't any need that a black business owner like ourselves need to be struggling with marketing and having the businesses coming to us mm-hmm. because we can be found on the internet. Yes. We can be found by word of mouth. Right. And we are out there producing mm-hmm. a good product yep. or service. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right. So if we want to not start small, I ask people all the time, do you have a black dentist? Do you have a black doctor? Do you have a black accountant? Do you have a black lawyer? Yeah. Do you go to a black shop, beauty mm-hmm. shop? Well, we mostly go to black beauty shops. Yeah. But these other essential businesses and services, do we kind of concentrate and have that? I can actually say that I have that. Uh-huh. Right. I don't discriminate against other communities because again right. I'm going to participate in in, 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 in the majority in, in, yeah, the majority, anyway. in right. the yeah. But I'm gonna also focus on making sure and intentionally having a black realtor. I can say right across the board, financial advisors. Right. I have that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well here's the thing too. You you guys oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say that I think that some of this starts because we don't know. Some people don't know where to look for. Okay. Uh huh. So for me, if you in these mega churches, why these mega churches don't have? Ooh, uh, hit it, girl. Uh, what? Uh, what? All the people what? in the church that are own have a business or do something it would be helpful. I belong to this church. Okay, we have this directory. A church directory. Like starts, that's how it would start. Yeah. And so the churches need to step back in and either support the community and doing different things, mm-hmm. or and providing a directory of the people in their congregation that have that's what a business, business. Uh, that's a doctor, that's an mm-hmm. attorney, that's a financial mm-hmm. advisor that owns a little mm-hmm. mechanic shop. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's who actually helped run Black Wall Street. Where, where are the churches? They mm-hmm. led. When the pastor got up in the church, and said that these were the businesses in the area. Mm-hmm. And I know that because I saw on YouTube one of the oldest living uh, uh, 
living descendants from the Black Wall Street era talked about, and she didn't even specifically say it was the pastor, but you can hear how the pastor has such an influence in yes. the community, which black pastors still do have yeah, influence sure. in the community today, but it's in their pockets. Well, okay, guys, I just, oh, go ahead, Pastor. I'm sorry. Um, I'm hearing the term Black Wall Street, but I, I am from Black Wall Street. Yeah. I'm originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And the Black Wall Street that I'm, I'm, I know of, that I was able to see, touch, and breathe, it was the second Black Wall Street, which you don't hear about in history books. Oh. Because the second Black Wall Street was when I was living. The first Black Wall Street, I wasn't even born. Right. But it was rebuilt. Mm-hmm. And the dollar was turning like at least 13 times before it left the community. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it, it was able to sustain itself because out of necessity, because it was a time, there was a time, you know, in the 70s, the mm-hmm. 60s, where, well, I'm not that old, but. <laughs> like in the 70s. Tell the truth for shame the devil. In the 70s, I remember walking down Greenwood. Uh-huh. You know, it's not just Greenwood, Archer, and Pine for Gap Band. Right. Walking down Greenwood yep. and seeing black businesses after black businesses mm-hmm. who are open, the laundromats, the cleaners, the grocery stores. Okay. Um, the doctors in our communities. And we were solidified in we had a place to go, and everyone knew each other. But the second uh, destruction of Black Wall Street was called urban renewal. Okay. And ever mm. since that time, it hasn't been built to where it was. But I think going back to financial literacy, I think it takes more than that. It takes more than an understanding. It takes partnership because I can understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. but if I don't see Bank of America and SunTrust behind you, standing with you while you educate me to say, hey, right. my doors are open. Let mm-hmm. me give you this checking account. Let mm-hmm. me show you that, yes, you can put your money here. Or mm-hmm. maybe I will trust you. Maybe I can't qualify for a $10,000 business loan, but maybe I just need $100 to make it to my next paycheck, mm-hmm. and I don't need to go to a check here or a title loan to get $100. I'm putting my money in your bank. Why do I have to have a 700 square credit score just to get a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. I just need to make. I'll pay you back. Have, maybe have some other rules that I can qualify mm-hmm. and bring me in to give me a chance. Mm-hmm. Let me prove myself, and then I can apply for the rest. Well, so that's why I, I, I think it's more than. I think it's more than just mm-hmm. okay. a financial list. Challenge I, I need to see somebody. Too. Okay, so what's the challenge? I'm just gonna challenge you a little bit on this, and, and this is not to say that yeah. I agree with. Again, I do agree with you. Mm-hmm. But the reason why Capital City Bank went out of business. Oh, hit, hit it. Oh, hit, hit it now. Hit it. Hit it. Okay. Because. And, I, and I opened an account with, with Capital City Bank when it black first. Black-owned bank. Black-owned bank. bank. When it first mm-hmm. got started, when I didn't mm-hmm. have but $100 to my name. Mm-hmm. And I knew I could not go to SunTrust, Wells Fargo, mm-hmm. Bank of America. To open up a business account because mm-hmm. I wasn't there mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. 20 years ago. But the Capital City yeah, Bank allowed chance. me to open up with $100. Believe me, that was my last $100 yeah. to open <laughs> up a business account mm-hmm. so that I could get started practicing, practicing law. Yeah. And I think that all these churches, all these mega churches that have all this money coming in, they should have placed. More than money. Yes, yes. In a capital city bank. Yes. Capital city bank would have been striving. And capital city bank, from my <laughs> understanding, 
had preach attorney johnson (laughs) you're right right. right. had a much more liberal policy when it came to us believe me they had one when it came to me yeah i would not have that's right qualified to open that that account not Mm -hmm. saying i don't have accounts Mm -hmm. somewhere else Mm -hmm. but capital Mm -hmm. city was it and that's how we teach our people in the church Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. this is is about cooperative economics. But see, it was easier back in the 60s and 70s, guys. When I was growing up in Chicago, it was easier because, believe it or not, before integration, we weren't allowed to go anyplace else. So we had to put our money in black banks. We had to support black businesses because we, we didn't have an option. Right. I mean, you You know, so it was a lot easier back then. But here's the issue. Okay, so now since we can go anywhere and do anything, we've lost the whole... The whole per- we don't know what we're fighting for anymore. Yeah, we've lost the whole. Yeah, we're we- content and comfortable. Yeah, oh, we're content oh, yes. and comfortable, and we don't we don't see the we don't see the impact of a capital bank going out of you know going out of business, and we need to be conscious of that. Wait, wait, wait. A portion we do have something to fight for. Black lives matter. Right. So right. black lives matter more than just the fact that we are getting killed. Black lives matter when it comes to our economics. That's right. right. That's right. Kids don't know that. I well, you have to teach them. Own. That is it's not true. in the school right now. Right. And it's not what they're saying this, on BET. This is the same thing the, that happened in the 60s. It's yeah. happening right now. But take away and some of the morality it. of what's happening. Take away the morality of what's happening. And when you look at it, it is, a, it is an economic problem still. Yeah. It is an economic problem still because Thank you don't you. you don't hear you don't hear about the you know black men black boys getting killed in the in the in the wealthy you know part of town. It's still happening in our you know in in the in the poorest parts of town. Even though some of our children are educated because even they come from that part of town, when they go back to that part of town, they're still yep, victims. Right. They're still victims when they go home. So, yeah, I, I, I understand that there's a huge morality issue around, surrounding this whole thing, but there's also a big economic issue. And because the neighborhoods are poor, you have people re- convert or, or resorting to things that we ought not be resorting to. And then, of course, now we can be victimized in our neighborhoods because if 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 that whole thing, if that whole scene wasn't going down in the hood, then the police wouldn't even have any right to be there. It's like, why are you even here? <laughs> okay, why are you even in our neighborhood? We're all right. We take care of ourselves. Ain't nobody doing nothing. Why are you even here? So now we can even question your presence. Why are you even here in our neighborhood? So nothing like that should be going down. Okay. So, but, but you, somebody mentioned, um, you mentioned the black church thing. Yes. I just found out, was it last week? It was last week. Last week, uh, we had a guest, attorney Harold Alexander, right? Right. And he is the, one of the uh, founders of the Overground Railroad. I had never even, now I've been back in Atlanta, I know. I've been back in Atlanta since 2008. I had never even heard of this before, but he has a movement called the Over, Overground Railroad. And basically what it's doing is it has that whole concept of the Underground Railroad where we're connecting underground. But now this is this is overground means we should be connecting not in secret. Right. right. <laughs> so we should be making that connection, but it should not be in secret. Okay. And he's got the call and the response. He has this paper called The Conductor. This paper has a business directory in it. 
Okay, it has a black business directory in it. And he said over 160 churches were connected. Right. He's got 160 black churches connected to this movement. So hopefully okay. what you're saying uh, will be, you know, will will be translated into, you know, if we can get this out to the public. And so uh, our intern has put some information, I believe, on the on the website about the Overground Railroad. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought that was pretty interesting. I, can I make a comment on something yes. that was said earlier? So, um, I like this. I like this interaction and all. And it's funny that we're talking about this because just last night, my, one of my girlfriends texted me and was just really upset about uh, young ranks not getting uh, a true conviction done for what has happened to him and all. You mm -hmm. know now. And so I was telling her, I know there's a way that change can happen. I just want to share this idea with you okay. all, just to get you all's input on it. Okay, when we look back in the, I guess it was the 50s when the civil rights movement was happening, mm -hmm. the 1954 when Brown versus Education mm -hmm. occurred, mm -hmm. and then uh, Rosa Parks and um, was on the on the bus. Mm -hmm. Then they take a year and a half to to over, not a year and a half. I'm sure it took much longer. But it was about when, a year and a half when they boycotted the bus system. Right. So there was an effort, a concerted effort, where mm -hmm. people came together and purposely said, "We are not going to support this industry." And I know. There are so many other things that we're a part of now, but my point of saying that was it caught the attention because their pockets were being affected. Oh, absolutely. Right. We can do the same now. We yes. can do the same now if we find that one industry that we all concertedly work together on and say we will not support this until this changes. Absolutely. And I think that should be done. And, and another thing I want to say, too, because I know we all have jobs, we all are working, we're all doing things. The effort may need to happen, huh? That's not an excuse, but it's just an idea. I'm looking back at our past because sometimes we have to look at our past to know what we did wrong or what we need to do to go forward in a different way mm -hmm. or in the same way. Mm -hmm. I look at a lot of those pictures and I see that it was a lot of young people in college, in high school, in middle school that led a lot of those efforts then. They didn't yeah. have, you know, so... I am saying that we need to look back at our past to see some of those things that we uh, where we dropped the ball or where we could have um, done things a little differently and implement those same things now because it caused a change then. Why can't we do some of that now to cause okay. a change? And now? I think that's what's happening with Black, black, black Lives, Lives Matter. Matter. Exactly. exactly. But we Moving haven't found now. that exact. The young people is leading this. I'm a little too old to be out in the streets, y'all. I'm just going to be a. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're going to say it again. But I, I can, but I can support the... them. Right, right. Exactly. And support them through. Let other people know that this is a group and organization that I support. Okay. So, right. That's why people are leading that. that okay. Right. 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 But that's how it started anyway with the sit-ins. The young people. That's um, right. They started it because, not saying that old people aren't doing anything, but because all the people had was down, more concerned. Yeah. No, you're right. more concerned of the stability of this the only working job that I have right now. You really gonna mess me up. So <laughs> it was the young people who had to start it, but once everyone else saw that, okay, we really can make some changes, then yes, right. All the people started joining in marches and things of that nature. So we still can do things together. Yes, we have work, and yes, we have all this stuff, mm -hmm. but the stuff's still going to take us downhill if we don't make sure we go ahead and put our efforts towards something central. I agree. Well, Leah, I, agree well, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. But if I lie down the street, y'all going to have to pick me up. No. Here's the thing. What I understand. What I understand. What I understand. Right. Everybody 
from yeah, what I understand I about being right. older, <laughs> what I understand about being older is if there is a really good movement and the younger people are are in really truly involved in the movement and it's a good movement. What older people do need to do is support it financially. That's exactly right. right. I agree. I agree. Yeah. You to get us out of here. That's yeah, right. yeah, that's right. You that's know, seriously, yeah. Mr. Rupert represent you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We need to support right. you financially. Right. Exactly. right. Mr. I, I had an older, I had an older client. He he passed a few years ago, but his job was when he when Martin Luther King came to Chicago. His his job as treasurer was to bail everybody out. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, his That's job right. was to, yeah, to bail That's everybody how... out. He wasn't out there. He wasn't his job right. was not to march. Right. You know, all that kind of stuff. His job like was to stay out of trouble so somebody could bail somebody them out. Them out. <laughs> That's right. It was a stress. Right, right. And right. I think this is what's going on right now with this Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. Is that we who are lawyers mm-hmm. need to be able to represent the people who have gotten arrested or, oh, absolutely. or, or whatever the issue is. So if we can get the word to Black Lives Matter or somewhere, somehow, I think if I, that's what I personally think. If there's an industry, a business, or if there's one thing that we can target, intentionally target, mm-hmm. and say that nobody supports this until wow. a change happens, what can that be? I, I don't know, but that's, that, that's just my idea. I want to put that out there. Yeah, we're talking about hey, cooperative economics. That is being it. cooperative and working together where we structurally say we're coming against. Yes, ma'am. And so, um, and I don't know how people feel about this. When we talk about Black Lives Matter, uh-huh. does this matter when the police do stuff wrong or does it matter? Do we need to be talking about it when the, our own people are killing each other? Do we need to be We need to talk about both. 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 Black, Black Lives Matter. Period. movement was organized right. it was non-violent it was for those same reasons those yes. same reasons where we cannot it's just it's just like if, if if you and i are arguing right if i'm calling you names you can't focus on what you did wrong right because you're focusing on what i did wrong right. <laughs> you know what i'm saying so it's the same concept we can't we can't get a national a national platform going and people focusing on what's going wrong if we are the culprits, right. right? So if we're killing each other, if we're looting, if we're doing all the evil deeds, right? It's very difficult to focus attention on police or focus attention on somebody who's in our community that's taking advantage of us economically if we don't get our act together. Yeah, right. So that makes it more difficult. Or you know, we system. can do yeah, we can we can do some stuff, but it's not going to get the traction it would get if we were organized and if we ourselves had our act together. Right. So that's to your point. I agree with you. I think that's a very very valid point. Mm-hmm. So okay, guys, so okay, now here's the thing. We you know, Guys, you know how it is. We're, we're always running out of time with this oh. with this good stuff. I know we got another break coming up, but but I wanted to say already. I, yeah, I know, I know. I gotta I gotta throw this out there. There was a study by Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University that found that between a half to one million jobs could be created if higher income black households 
spent only one out of every $10 at black-owned business. Wow. 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 Okay? So now, um, and this was an actual scientific study. Okay, so it's not just like, you know, us throwing out our opinion and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's some there's some merit, there's some facts mm-hmm. to doing all the things that we're talking about doing. Okay? Mm-hmm. So anyway, we gotta take a break. It's a sh- we're gonna take a short break, but stay tuned, we'll be right back. We're gonna finish up mm-hmm. here in the beauty shop. All right. <laughs> <laughs> BusyFolk.com is the dry cleaning pickup and drop-off service for busy people like you. BusyFolk.com saves you tons of time. They can pick up and deliver to your job or your home. You decide. No more fighting traffic trying to pick up the kids and the dry cleaning before going home. One less trip means less money spent on gas. And we all know that time is money, right? They also offer wash and fold laundry service and work hard to make sure that their customers know that their satisfaction is their main priority. Plus, business owners love them because they offer pickup and delivery uniform cleaning. They also handle bulk cleaning of tablecloths, napkins, and any other business dry cleaning needs. BusyFolk.com is only a click away. Find them by typing BusyFolk.com into your computer or smartphone. They currently pick up and deliver in the Atlanta area, serving Fulton, DeKalb, and Cobb counties. Visit BusyFolk.com to register for an account or to learn more. That's BusyFolk.com. You can file your own taxes. It's simple. Just click MyOwnTaxReturn.com. But if filing your own taxes is not for you, they've got you covered. Just click MyOwnTaxReturn.com to reach a real CPA. Most advice is free. Or you can hire a CPA if you're still convinced that tax preparation is just not for you. And they have tax tips that you can use for the upcoming tax season. It's all right here on MyOwnTaxReturn.com. That's MyOwnTaxReturn.com. And now back to Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeVar-Johnson for more of Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone. Kanifia, Miss Kanifia. What's your last name? Miss Kanifia Henderson. And would you guys talk about, would you guys, because this is, when we're talking about supporting our community, when we're talking about making a difference and doing things in our community, Miss um, Kanifia, how did, how did you and, and my friend Portia meet? How did you guys meet? It started out with me volunteering at a GED program, but it was a group home and a GED program. Okay. An attorney by the name of Camilla Moore opened up this group home and this um, GED program. And so when she's talking about capital, what's this? Capital City Bank. That's yes. where we get our checks. She, and it's, well, it was one in the West End by Douglas right. uh-huh. And So I remember I was like, why am I going to have to go over here to this place to get my checks cashed and stuff like that? And she was banking with them. Well, Bank of America was uh-huh. not too far from us. Yes. 
So we got success stories here. I, I, I just, I'm one, I am one for a success story. I, I promise you I am. And I love surrounding myself with people who have a mindset of, of doing better and then also giving back better. And, and that's one of the things that endeared me uh, to Portia is, you know, her telling her story to me. And I'm thinking, you know, it's just no way that this girl with all this talent and, and this, and this great mind that she has, you know, um, you know, had to pull herself up from her bootstraps that way. But that, th- those are the types of people who, who change generations. Mm-hmm. Those are the type of people that break curses, right? Yeah. Those are the type of people that mindset is what changes generational curses that breaks things down, that makes a difference. Okay. And I get on my intern all the time because she, here she is. She has all these great things to say. And that's why I shut her down at the break because she has all these great things to say. <laughs> and then she needs to say, so you have something on your mind, Miss Leah, because you, you know, you're yeah, one of those, yeah. you're one, you're one of those people that, that are breaking down barriers too. Okay. A lot of you guys don't know. Um, Leah looks younger, but she, she, she is a mom. She is a wife. She is a wife and she is a mother. And she's getting her bachelor's degree in accounting. Right. Um, and so she, Yay. yeah, so she is change, She is changing that whole generational mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. It's, but you had something very important to say, Leah, and you need to say it while we're on the air. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Thank I you. Simply, <laughs> I was just simply saying um, when she was speaking about the looting and things of that nature, I do understand that we do not need to be so violent, mm-hmm. but we don't have to wait to not be violent. Sometimes violence is key to getting it's attention. Necessary. Yes, it's necessary. Okay. Um, but we we really need to just make sure we concentrate on moving our money for real instead of just waiting to get ourselves together. We need to just redirect our monies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then maybe some of the violence will subside. Yes, they're violent. They're angry. They're suppressed. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the way they can right now um, communicate what they need to do. I mean, and see, that's I'm the, not that's saying the that isn't an excuse. Yeah. I'm not saying just go, you well, know. It does say in the, can, in the Bible, there's a time for peace and a yes. time for war. Right. Well, see, that's, so that's the that's difference what, in the generations. But go ahead. Another way to do it. When you yeah. What's violent? You can be violent in your actions of shutting something down mm-hmm. without being physical. So like, so you say like a no, protest. Or, 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 yeah. So my girlfriend physical. lives in Maryland. Uh-huh. And when they burn, Baltimore, when they did all that burning down stores, mm-hmm. she's right down the street from, like, they did the CVS or one of the Walgreens or something, where the older people who, when you said you can't get around, they right. couldn't get around, you burned down the only Walgreens where they can get their medication from. Oh, so yeah, see, so that was that crazy. That right there is crazy to me. But see, that's not, that's, that's because of that, there's a and lack of organization. Yeah, there's a lack of organization and cooperation in that. But, but they was already had, had a place where they was patronized, that I promise you, they still could Gotten, I'm not saying they would have gotten their medicines immediately, but it would have been a shipping to their homes where they can get their medicines. So, I, 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 I saw an film where they showed that, that CVS was burned or whatever, but then they also showed right next to it was a pharmacy that was black owned that was not touched. Exactly. I saw so, that. Of course, so there was you know, still. And was patronizing. That's, that's all I'm saying. So we, some, if we redirect our money. So my question is, when you come and doing stuff like that, so the people in the CVS did something to you that you had to come in to destroy this is the same discussion that happened during the civil rights movement right the younger people right were the black panthers and they were like look 
what the civil rights movement was about and how organized it was. They didn't just wake up one day and decide that they're going to boycott the buses. That was a plan. Okay, Rosa Parks did not just decide, just did not one day just decide that she was going to walk on the bus and she wasn't going to give up her seat. There so were who's willing to die? Because <laughs> that is really the question. We yeah. all be willing to put their life and their name that's on true. the line. That is very someone true. Someone has to be responsible for this change that's going to occur that's from absolutely true. co-working together. That's so absolutely that's true. That's really the question. <laughs> the man is watching. That's why ain't nobody stepped up. They're afraid to die. They're yeah, afraid true. to die. That's who's true. not afraid to well, die? Well, somebody mentioned earlier that afraid what has happened to us is that in our education, in our in our higher education, in our in our affluence as black people, we have gotten very content. Absolutely. And that yeah. is that With is our beer and our job and I just want my <laughs> weekend and my football. Yes, yes. If if the march is happening during my cruise, I can't be there. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. And it takes those little steps. Yes, yeah. it does. It does. So I'm just I'm looking at my intern. I'm she is telling us that we are out of town, mm-hmm. out of time. First of all, before we run totally out of time, I want to thank Portia for opening yeah. up her shop. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. So I, happy. I, I, want, I want to thank, thank her you. clients for participating. Thank you. I, I want I want to thank our other guests. I want to thank Kathy Jordan from KJ. I want to thank Pamela Harris. And of course, uh, I can't do any of this without my co-host, attorney Althea DeBar Johnson, yeah. and my intern, Leah. Yeah. Thank job. you so much. Oh, yes. And she is at um, hair sheets. So you want to give any information yes. how we can make appointments and get our natural hair dudes together? <laughs> Absolutely. So ladies, I specialize in natural hair, no weave, no relaxers. My website is hairissheet.com. I am an exclusive salon suite studio. Um, one-on-one service is my specialty. And again, hairissheet.com. I'm located in the historic Grant Park area. Look forward to seeing you guys. I love it. I love it. And Yay. she is serious about her customer service. So listen, Join us next week. Join us next week. Okay. Thanks for listening to your business education station. Your business. Your family. Your your life. life. Holla.